listening to Nats Talk on the Go, the longest-running Washington Nationals podcast going today. This podcast is proudly brought to you by our supporters club, Nats Talk on the Go, Special Ops. Now, here are your hosts, Joe Drugan and Craig McHenry. Joe and Craig, let's do it. Well, hey there, Craig. How's it going? We're back after our, our week hiatus last week. We're back. I don't Was that just a thing you made up? Yeah, that was just a thing I made nice, up. Nice, I like it. It's good. It's yeah, good stuff. After it was. Be, after being gone for a week, we, we missed everybody. I really... Uh, do you remember the ESPN This Is Sports Center commercial uh, Y2K test? Oh, good one. Yes, I yeah. do remember. Do you remember that one with Charlie Steiner? Maybe. Uh, he had the tie on his head and he said, follow me, follow me to freedom. I don't remember it now. That was... Yeah, that was the Y2K test one. That's what I felt like. It was like... Madness without you, with, with you gone, and oh. uh, yeah, it was tough. It was tough. Yeah, but I'm it, everything's back and everything's happy. That's good. PSG taking three zero lead. It's nice. amazing. Nice, more soccer right. talk. That's right. Uh, so it's been an interesting couple of weeks. The All Star Game is over. We're officially in the second half of baseball, uh, and the Washington Nationals are. It's time to make the push. It's time to make things happen, and uh, obviously, a big piece around that is going to be, you know the trade deadline coming up in a couple of days here at the end of the week. Yeah. Uh, Isn't it coming up Monday afternoon Monday? Is it Monday? Okay. I think it's I Monday at 4 p.m. Yeah, I knew it was a weird midday thing. Yeah. So uh, you want to dig right into that, or do you want to dig into something else first? Uh, what are you drinking? I am currently drinking a uh, Devil's Backbone Schwarz beer. I love a good Schwarz beer. It's very, very good. I'm a big fan of the style. It's very Underrated good. style. Yeah, I, I actually enjoyed the flavor very much. It was very, oh, very, very yummy. Nice locally uh, Anheuser-Busch-owned brewery. Yeah. Thanks for doing that. What did you just crack open? I was waiting to crack open my beer. Um, it's good. I The last, I don't know, six months, I don't know, probably since I've had uh, Baby Mac, I really haven't been consuming a lot of different beers, you know. Lack of time, yes. money, adulting, adulting, all of those things. Right. Uh, generally having to take care of a small child. So I really haven't had that much in the way of new stuff. So this, uh, that we're doing this uh, weekly, right. talking about the beers, it's uh, kind of inspired me to uh, step up my game again, to get back on the horse. So, Which is? Which is, well, today I've got a beer. Uh, it's called Pocahoptis. Nice. Okay. Yes. And it is a, a, a Richmond brewery. It's a, a center of the universe. Co2 uh, for anyone that uh, knows the lingo. Um, so I'm pretty excited to try it. First time I've had it. So Nice. Well, we'll look forward to your end of the pod review. Mm-hmm. It'll be gone. I, uh, th- I am sure of that. Yeah. Sure of that. But yeah, let's, uh, let's go ahead and bust right into that trade deadline. Uh, the Nationals have done nothing yeah. yet, which is okay. Yeah. The the general uh, movement so far this deadline has been nil. Yeah, there's not been much happening. There's been very little happening, like anywhere in baseball, which which is different, I think, from previous years. You usually, four or five days out, you usually start to get a lot of movement. You get a lot of big-name things happening, and we really have not seen that at all. So, 
Uh, I'll be looking forward to if anything happens across baseball. It seems like the asking price in general on anyone is astronomical. It's insanity. Yeah. And uh, this, it seems like this should have been a very predictable thing because the money is getting astronomical. So once the money gets big, then so does what you're going to want in terms of prospects for the guy that's going to cost a lot of money. It's the same kind of, you know, money to bartering system that is the trade deadline. So it's, it seems like it's logical. Yeah, and it's definitely a cyclical thing. Uh, baseball management focuses on different things at different times, and you get a three-, four-, five-year stretch uh, where everyone hoards prospects. Right. No one wants their prospects dealt, you know. Right. you got to save that money, all that. And then, you know, there'll be a swing back to, well, I kind of just want to win, and I really don't care about the future because – Chances are, if I'm Mr. GM, I'm not going to have this job in five, six, seven, eight years. Exactly. It really doesn't happen. So you got to kind of win now and mortgage the future just a little bit to, you know, not just get that championship or make the playoffs, uh, but you got to kind of try and save your job. And so right now it seems like uh, a lot of teams want to protect their top prospects. I mean, even the trade. The the biggest trade we've seen so far, the Aroldis Tra- Chapman uh, to Chicago Cubs trade, uh, the Cubs refused to deal Kyle Schwarber. He was off the table immediately. So right. um, you're seeing even the, the top talent on the market not go for the top prospects. So. Yeah. Yeah, you're totally right. And it's it's got to be related to... It's got to be related to money in general and what you're going to be getting back. But you're right about that ebb and flow of prospects. I wonder what you think about the the fact that the Nationals don't really ebb and flow with their prospects. Mike Rizzo doesn't really change too much. On he's a prospect first guy. Yeah, he really is. And I think that's I think that's a rarity in modern baseball. There are a lot of guys who. You know, most most general managers at this point or, and presidents of baseball operations are going to say, well, this is the way it is. And we want these guys like we, we want to build an organization, but also we want to win now. And the product of that is, as you said, I want to keep my job. And I, I don't know if it's Mike Rizzo is not scared about that. And he shouldn't be, because if he was to lose his job with the Nationals, he would be hired with another organization and about a quarter second. Yeah. Um, He's one of the best, if not the best, general manager in Major League Baseball at this point. I'd say... Well, Theo. I, would, Theo. I mean, he's not the GM, but... Well, Theo's one, yeah. Yeah, I mean, there are... there are Front office leader, if you will. Yeah, yeah, front office leader. And I think Rizzo's way up there. I think he's great. Um, I do think he would be snatched up. I, I would put him in the top five, but baseball would probably have him in the top ten. Right. Just, just because... He hasn't won anything. Yeah, I mean it's it's hard to right. Yeah, it's it's hard to discount that you you have to win. But anyway, that's a conversation for another day. Yeah, that's true. Um, Rizzo has been pretty steadfast that he will not trade uh, Giolito or Trey Turner. He has been pretty rock solid in telling everyone. That and a lot of people are reporting that happen. that Lopez is not and uh, Robles are not going anywhere either. 
I don't think they will. I think it would have to be a really good package um, to get them to move. I think they would have to get a ton in return to move those players. I don't think they're comp- they're as off the table. I don't think. Um, and once again, this is a caveat. Um, no one is untouchable. Yeah. But the likelihood obviously goes down. Um, Giolito is close to untouchable as it gets. So is Trey Turner. Uh, because I don't think Trey Turner is going to be leaving the national starting lineup anymore. No, I think he is on the 25 man roster now. That's yeah. I think a thing. And we could, we could talk about that a little bit too. Yeah. Good call. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I, I don't think Lopez or Robles are necessarily that high level untouchable. I think it would have to take something really good to get them, but I don't think they're untouchable. I think, uh, if it would get the nationals, the bullpen p- closing piece that they desire, I would not be shocked to see them included, one of the two, or maybe even both. Who knows? Yeah, so speaking of the bullpen piece that they desire, who who is on that list for you? Like, pick, pick a name that is on that list for you that the Nationals want to get that they might be willing to trade one of those top four guys for. Well, or, they the, let's let's take Turner out of the equation. He's not in the equation, in my opinion. So let's say the the three. Let's say Giolito, Lopez, and uh, Robles. I don't think Giolito's in the equation either. I don't um, think so either. I just think that Trey Turner is a major league baseball player now. Yeah, so it's uh, a little bit sure. different. Um, let's see. Well, the Nationals did release a short list today. Oh, uh, did they? Okay, I didn't yeah, see that. of their top candidates. It's uh, it's exactly who you'd expect: yeah. Miller, um, Wade Davis, and uh, David Robertson. Oh, Robertson. That's the one that I hadn't heard. So, yeah. I mean, and it makes sense. So that's their short list. Obviously, Miller's the guy everyone wants. Yeah. Uh, not just because of the ability, but because of the contract. Right. Um, that he's under control for two more years. And uh, one of Mike Rizzo's big, 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 big things always on the trade deadline is he will not pay a big price for a rental. And right. you saw it last year with Jonathan Papelbon. The deal was held up for a day while the Nationals worked out his one-year option, which is this year. Right. So uh, I think he's probably the most likely option, and I know the price tag on Wade Davis is exorbitant, and I'm sure it is the same on Miller. Yeah, the, uh, the problem with Davis is, uh, Dave, if I'm looking at those players, and I, I really like Andrew Miller a lot, but if I'm looking at those players, Wade Davis is the player that I want just as a player, but he's only got a year and a half of control left. And if you're going to be asked to give up one of those top guys to get him, then you're at, you're giving up a lot for a year and a half of relief pitching. And I don't know. I don't think that's ever a good plan. I don't think so either. Uh, I would obviously – I would rather go with the least expensive good option here of the top three uh, in terms of what you have to turn away just because um, – I think outside of the very, very back of the Nationals bullpen right now, yeah, that the Nationals bullpen has been doing pretty well. Yeah, the the bullpen when Mike Rizzo reconstructed the bullpen, he did a very good job, a very, very good job. Um, Jonathan Papelbon was always uh, when he was acquired, it, you know, before the deadline last year, it was always a bit of a, you know, a nervy thing. Yeah, yeah it was like. This guy was really good once, <laughs> and we're going to say he's really struggled in Philadelphia because it's Philadelphia, and we're going to see what happens. And they got him for 
relative peanuts, like Nick Pavetta, and I think that was it. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it was really a, the Phillies were dumping money because they knew that they were not going to be relevant for a few years, and that's what you do, and that's a smart front office, not led by Ruben Amaro Jr. And then, you know, the Nationals kind of taking a, a bit of a risk taking on that money, but also saying, yeah, we want to have this guy for a year and a half. I don't think there's any concern with any of the three guys that you just named, Robert, uh, David Robertson, um, uh, Wade Davis, and Andrew Miller, that any of them are going to become that. Right. Um, even Wade Davis a year and a half, you're in a good situation, but a year and a half to give up really much of anything is not enough of a reliever. I mean, I don't know. That's just a not that deal. He's one of the best relievers in baseball. Yeah. I mean, he is, but it's a lot to give up for a year and a half. Is it worth it? Maybe. Yeah, it might, it might well be. be. It, and if you look at the bullpen right now, I mean, Rivero, he struggled a little bit, I believe, last game uh, against either the Sunday or uh, Tuesday matchup. Tuesday matchup? Yeah, and then he struggled today. Yeah, Um but he had just strung a string of uh, 10 straight starts that he was just – or 10 straight appearances where he was lights out. Right. So he was doing great. Matt Belisle, who came up and was terrible and no one knew why he was up, has been fantastic. Yeah, he's with. really figured it out. So – and then you've got Coda Glover who came up and got three outs on four <sighs> pitches. Yeah, Coda Glover. Uh, he, well, yeah. <sighs> he's sitting there uh, ready to go. Uh, so you're seeing uh, a little bit more hope, a little bit more uh, – solidity coming out of uh, the bullpen than we were just a month ago. So yeah, I agree. Uh, the back end is really right now in my mind, the only issue. Yeah. With the way that Papelbon and uh, that one game, I mean, it's one game that you could focus on, but I mean, Sean Kelly got destroyed in that game. I yeah. Mean, two home runs and, and two batters. And then uh, it's a concern for sure. Um, I don't, get the impression that Mike Rizzo is the kind of general manager who's going to overreact and say, we need to go and give up way too much for this player. But I do believe that there are people in the ownership group in the front office who disagree with that. Yes. Um, and I think ultimately that's what it's going to come down to is how much press pressure uh, are the learners willing to put on Mike Rizzo in this situation to say, you've been doing this job a while. You've done a really good job. We haven't won anything yet. It's time to win something. Yes. And you, you had know, a great tweet the other day uh, when Jonathan Papelbon just was atrocious on Sunday, I think it was, um, or maybe Saturday. And you said, this seems like the kind of blown save that makes the learners force Rizzo's hand on a trade. Yeah. And then he blew another one. And then he blew another one. So that's the tough part, I think, mostly for me is, you know, one thing, maybe they look past it, but with two, it, it feels like Mike Rizzo is getting a phone call from someone in that ownership yeah. group at some point to say it's time. Uh, you know, I, I feel like they give Rizzo a lot of leverage, but, you know, they're the, they're the owners that spend a lot of money. And if they want to see a result and... It's they're going to do it, and it seems like that result in the last several years has been related to getting different relief pitching. Ted Learn is running out of time, man. Yeah, I mean, and if you if you win and you care, 
then if you want to win and you care about winning, I should say, then you are going to try to make a tough move. That's, and that might mean mortgaging a little future for some now. And right. uh, we've talked about it before. The reason you have prospects are, you know, to build your future team or to trade that player to win immediately. And the Nationals are in a position where they have a decent farm system build up, built up now. They're somewhere upper middle part of the pack. But if they don't make a push to win now, they're going to struggle to win in the next, in the coming years, I would say. Not the next two or three years, but the next five or six years. And it makes sense that the ownership group would want to push to do something now that might be a little bolder than some people would be comfortable with. Yes. You're hitting that time. I mean, people are aging and are, in the case of Bryce Harper, are approaching aging out of contracts. And you, there, these are things you have to consider. Absolutely. So it's a, it's a tough call. Um, I want to see a deal made. Uh, I don't want to see, uh, any of the top guys gone, obviously. Yeah. Cause I think they will help in the future. If I had to see one of the, or two, either of the two, I would be fine with Ronaldo Lopez or Victor Robles. Yeah. Out. Um, they're further away. They're a lot more, uh, I guess, risk. Involved. Yeah, when they're so far away. I mean, Ro- uh, uh, Lopez has pitched in the major leagues, and he did well-ish. Um, but it, you, there's still a lot to be known about that career. So I'm, I, I, I put out a tweet, my side of it, I put out a tweet recently that said, if it's not a player named Bryce Harper, the conversation is open, basically. You know, if if you're not Bryce Harper... I'm fine with anybody being moved to get a piece in the bullpen that the Nationals need. That said, I, and I texted you about this a little bit. I don't remember if I tweeted it or not. Tweeted it, it or not, but the reason I'm okay with it is because I I think the reason I'm okay so okay with it is I don't see any of those guys being moved. I don't. Yeah. I I cannot imagine. Giolito and Trey Turner are not going anywhere. They're not. Period. I am. I could not be more confident about making that statement. If I am wrong, I don't know what I'll do. But I will. I would be shocked if that was not. If the, either of them went anywhere. Same. Uh, and I think I'd be more surprised if Turner went anywhere than if Gilito went anywhere. To be totally honest with you. Uh, yeah. At this point. So I think there's going to be a move. I don't think it's going to be for Miller or Davis. Yeah, I don't think so either. I don't think it's going to be one of those guys. I think it's going to be a Rizzo Dark 30 getting someone for not as much as those guys. And, you know, you're looking, if you're looking at a closer, you're looking at 20 innings for the rest of the year. Yeah, that's it. You want someone on a hot streak, someone that's going to carry you, someone that can just throw fire. Yeah. Yeah, I completely agree with that. It's And it might be a situation where you are willing to do a rental, which is kind of anti-Rizzo-like, if it's going to cost you nothing and you want that kind of player to help pad your bullpen. Absolutely. And I think that will be a little bit different if that happens because the Nationals haven't had to deal with that very much because it's, you know, it's just very not a Rizzo move. And he says that openly, that he doesn't like those kinds of moves. Um, yeah, so I, I, I think ultimately getting to the kind of crux of everything, 
do you think something happens? I do. I do. You do I think do. something's going to happen? I think there's going to be a move, but like I said, I don't think it's going to be for Miller or Davis. I think yeah. it's going to be uh, someone less expensive uh, than those two. Uh, it still might be a decent prospect. It might be someone like a Coda Glover, who's honestly not really a decent prospect. He just, you know, did well and he's been doing well this year in the minors, but he's not really on. Uh, he came top out of hundred. Yeah, he's really not on top one hundred lists or anything like that. So yeah, you you um, t- you you sell high. I mean, that's yeah. You never know. You never but know. But I don't think it's gonna. I, I think there's going to be a move, but I don't think it's going to be a, a debilitating move for the system. I, but I think it'll be. Uh, Definite piece that can help. Relief pitching. Yes. Nothing else. I don't see a need for anything else. I'd be pretty surprised if anybody else happened, honestly. I'd be pretty surprised if, if any other sort of move was made besides relief pitching. But uh, I do think, I also think a move's going to be made, and I do think it's going to be a big name. Oh, really? I do. Yeah. I don't know which one. But one of those three I could definitely see happening. Um, I... Trying to go a little more devil's advocate here, so I'm going to go for it and say I think it will be one of those three guys, uh, Davis, Miller, or Robertson. Um, and I think that, you know, Rizzo will do what he does. It might cost one of those four guys. Um, but I think Rizzo, if anybody's going to make it equitable, Rizzo will be able to. So I, I do think there's a chance that, that that happens. All right. So we'll revisit it next week because... We'll know it'll, by then. <laughs> it'll be over. Well, uh, the the standard non-waiver trade deadline will be over. Yes, exactly. And who knows what happens after that, but you're not getting anybody like the name of those three guys after the trade de- the the non-waiver deadline. No, uh, definitely, definitely interesting stuff. Um, I'm excited to see what happens. Yeah, I am too. I am I'm too. nervous. Little nervous. Little nervous. Especially for sure. after the last... Uh, Couple days, getting uh, some trouble closing things out there. Uh, it's a it's a really bad time for the Nationals to have that problem because all of the teams now know that they are going to be desperate. Yep, and that means it's going to cost more. Yep, uh, and every and and the Nationals and everybody know that they they watch the games. They say, "Oh, good, the Nationals are going to be willing to go for a higher asking price because their back end of their bullpen is not working right now." Um, and that's a it's a really bad time for everything to be blowing up back there because before the last couple of games, Papelbon has been pitching very well since coming back from the disabled list. Right in two games, his ERA jumped two full points. Yeah, two entire points, like the ones before the dot, not after. Yeah, <laughs> really bad, really bad. Um, but really, he was he had been excellent before then, uh, and especially good since coming back from the DL, throwing ninety three, ninety four miles an hour with movement. It's uh, it's a real shame that it happened when it did. Uh, anything else on trade deadline moves that you wanted to talk about? Not necessarily. Um, if you want to, we could touch a little bit on a roll. Yeah, that was going to be my next thing. I didn't know if, I just didn't know if you had any more of those things to talk about, but I definitely want to mention the Aroldis Chapman situation. Yeah, go for it. You get, get us, get it, get the ball rolling, Joe, get the ball rolling. Uh, roll it. Oh, the ball, it is rolling. You just can't see it. Uh, so when the conversation about Aroldis Chapman possibly being a landing place, uh, possibly landing in D.C., D.C. being a landing place for him, when the Yankees were talking about shopping him, uh, I was I really struggled with this because um, as a baseball fan, he is a baseball player that throws 103 miles an hour and is a lefty and is very good and is 
absolutely the answer to the Washington Nationals baseball problem in the bullpen. No, there's no question. There's no question about it. He would have solved that that problem. He solves. Um, on the human side, he is bad. He is just <laughs> bad as a person, and I don't feel bad saying that at all. And I did admittedly struggle with this uh, at some level. That you know, as a baseball fan, I want to win, and I want my team to win badly, very badly. But on the other side of it, I, I ultimately came to the point of I could not shake how bad I would feel cheering for that person. Uh, and I just couldn't get past it. I, I could not get past the fact that uh, he was such a, bad, such a bad person with all of the issues that had happened uh, related to the domestic violence issues. And then he signs in Chicago and in his press conference... Gets traded to. I'm sorry? Gets traded to. Sorry, yeah, gets traded to Chicago. And uh, then in his statement, basically, all of the things that the ownership group said about him, they had a conversation about how he, you know, was, was, was working to be a better person or whatever things that they said in that press release that I don't remember off the top of my head. Basically, it was like, uh, they woke me up from a nap and I don't remember saying it. Yeah. And then it's like, oh, thank God. I am so glad this player is not someone that I have to watch play every single day for my team. It, it's, it, was, it worked out just fine, and I, I truly feel, feel for Cubs fans who care about people. Yeah, I've got a, a few Cubs fans that are uh, honestly struggling with this right now. Um, and I point everyone to Julie DeCaro's uh, Twitter feed if you haven't been uh, following her. She's a good follow anyway, um, but she's got some good, good, good solid takes on this. Um, it's rough. It's a tough decision because, like you said, I mean, this guy is the answer to anyone's prayers on for the bullpen. He is – he's will possibly go down as the greatest relief pitcher in baseball history. I think there is a very good chance of that, yes. You see every single day a uh, number of pitches 100 miles an hour in the last six years, and he's at like 1,230, <laughs> and the next closest team is like at 200. Yeah, the like, team, team. Team. It's yeah. like just crazy stuff like that. I think Kelvin Herrera is at like 256 total or something. Right. And that's like the next closest. And it's coming to you from the left side. <laughs> yeah. So he's utterly dominant. He's. You know, and just, I just want to throw this out there. Do you know what his his career average strikeouts per nine innings is? It's the highest in baseball history. I 15. think it's. 15. Sorry. The, Sorry. Wow. Just you got to give me you. a chance to guess. I know. Me. Jumped on you. You got to give me a chance. It's crazy. It's the baseball part of it is crazy. So, uh, and. Cubs fans have waited 108 years to have a team this good uh, looking to make the uh, World Series and, and the drought, all of that. And they've got this guy who has seemingly zero remorse as to uh, choking his, I believe it was wife or girlfriend? Wife or girlfriend? Girlfriend, yes. Girlfriend, and shooting a gun not at her, quote-unquote, but near her. Multiple times. In her general vicinity. Yeah. Uh, I just saluted, by the way. Um, eight times. Nice. 
Yeah. So it's tough. You, 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 he's a person you don't want to root for. And I was pretty steadfast. I did not struggle with it near as much as you. Um, I love the Nationals. I love the Nationals, even though they've never really won anything except for two division titles in 12 years. I still love them. If they don't win the World Series this year, I will still love them. Yep. If they don't win it for the next 20 years, I will still love them. Yep. They will become a harder team for me to love with a person like that on the team. No question. I have I have struggled with Jonathan Papelbon all season. Yep. He showed remorse over the offseason. That made him better in my book, but I still think he's a dick, and oh, everyone yeah. does. I, I do too. Um, and I don't think he's a very good pitcher anymore, and that's fine. That's my... Uh, evaluation of him as a player. Um, and then I still struggle with Daniel Murphy. Right. With uh, the uh, anti-gay comments that he made. Uh, I believe it was last season. So I still struggle with that, and I have trouble rooting for Daniel Murphy. Uh, I root for the Nationals. I do not try to root, go out of my way to root for Jonathan Pabborn or Murphy. And it would be that times 1,500 with Aroldis Chapman, and I came to the point where I would rather see my team not necessarily win a championship, because it's not a sure thing. If they got him, they would win, you know? Yeah, for sure. I would rather have my conscience... It's, it's one player. Yeah, I would rather have my conscience cleaner um, and like the team that I was rooting for than just have this little thing, this little thing sticking in my head. Oh, they won, but... Oh, it's the last out, and we're going to have to see this guy yeah, on every video that, for the rest of our lives. Particularly tough. You're right about that. So, um, I I'm happy about it. I would have liked him as a player, and it's very interesting because the Nationals actually thought they had a role as Chapman. Yeah, back when he was first posted from Cuba. Yeah, back uh, only in the day. to lose out to Cincinnati by I think it was five million dollars. He signed a six year deal with the Cub or with the. Uh, Reds for thirty million dollars. The Nationals thought they had him at twenty-five. So uh, I'm okay with it. He can go to Chicago if he wins for them. Awesome. If he doesn't, awesome. I, also, I was gonna say also awesome. So I yeah. don't know. Yeah, it, it's it's the reality of, of of sport, unfortunately, at the moment, and life in general. Obviously, it's not just sport, but it's something that is very. Uh, present with with sport currently, unfortunately. Uh, I this goes into the conversation we've had before, uh, or at least mentioned. Athletes shouldn't be heroes, right? Um, because they are flawed, just like everyone. many, 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 Everybody. many, everyone. Yeah. Um, there are certain athletes, uh, baseball players specifically, that you can look up to. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think Bryce Harper is obviously one of those players. Uh, fan favorite, Ian Desmond. Yeah, right. Absolutely one of those players. Um, I, I think they're out there, but not just because they're, they have a baseball card. Just because they're famous throw, does not mean. Yeah, and they can throw 105 miles an hour does not make them yeah. a good person and someone that's... Someone that you for. should strive to be like. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, completely, completely agree. Completely, completely agree. Uh, well, let's talk about one of those players that you just talked about, uh, which is Daniel Murphy. Uh, and his counterpart who can't stop hitting baseballs, Wilson Ramos. Uh, because those guys, you know, we've been talking about Daniel Murphy all year. He can't stop hitting, like, all day. It's insane how, how 
well he's hitting. But And I think people appreciate what Wilson Ramos is doing, but I don't think people appreciate what Wilson Ramos is doing. He is doing what he, he is doing what he's doing from the catcher position, which makes it so much more impressive. It's, he's in a contract year, Joe. Yeah, I, it's there's something to be said for it. This scares me. I know that's a good point. That's a good point. He's hitting it's, he's hitting three thirty six, three eighty nine on base percentage. He's got fifteen home runs. These are and this these average. Are good it's like fifty points higher than his career. It is. At least. At, yeah, 66 points higher yeah. than his career right now. Yeah, much, much higher than his career numbers. He is exploding. As it's, He's been... He also had the surgery, though. And it's true. There's, there's something to be said for the fact that he maybe was not seeing the baseball. Right, uh, that's crazy. Which is... Which is it, if he really... If that's all it was, he wasn't really seeing the baseball, and then... He had that surgery, and he's seeing it all of a sudden, and that's the difference. How did he hit 270 not seeing the baseball? Well, even catching the ball, he's a much better receiver well, this year. He was very bad at that for a while, where he could, he could not field a ball from the outfield. Could not. He do couldn't it. field a ball from the outfield, and he wasn't the greatest framer, and wasn't the greatest at throwing out runners. Right, but all of a sudden you see, and it's it's weird. Yeah, things make a huge difference. Things make a huge difference. Yeah, uh, Wilson Ramos is, oh man, he's one of the top three most valuable on the Nets this year, I think, outside of metrics or anything like that. Just what he's done for the Nationals. Who are the, just who are the two better? Murphy, I, I'm not saying better. More. I'm sorry, who are the two are more valuable? Uh, Murphy and... Murphy and Strasburg. Okay, yep, yep. That's the only answer that I would have accepted. Yeah. <laughs> That's, because, if, I mean... There's nobody else that could even take it, get anywhere near approaching what those two guys are doing. Those three guys are doing. I don't think yeah. on the team right now. I don't think there's anybody close. Um, there, uh, Ramos and uh, and uh, Murphy are basically carrying the entire team offensively at this point. Um, and Trey Turner. Well, Trey Turner's. <laughs> it, it's new. It's new. I'm not there yet. Uh, I'm just appeasing the masses. No, I know you're. You're not. You're also kind of not wrong. I'm uh, trolling a little bit, but mostly like trolling the trolling trolled. Yeah, it's he. Wilson Ramos's weighted runs created plus is 150. I mean, he's a catcher. It's yeah. It's insane. Um, so it's really good to see those guys doing well, and uh, I'm glad to be at the moment eating crow about the Daniel Murphy signing. Um, because as much as I had very similar character well, concerns. Well, here's the thing, Joe. We, I, I, I don't remember us criticizing the contract. I, I remembered being very like, it's a pretty, I mean, good, it it's was, a pretty good deal, but I, is this guy even worth that? He, it's basically just the end of last year where he showed yeah. this. And then coming around to like, actually... He, besides the fact that his defense is incredibly not good, he hits pretty consistently over his entire career, and then kind of coming around from there, and now he's doing what you know he's putting up MVP caliber numbers at this point. Yes, he is. I mean, it's there is a legitimate possibility that Daniel Murphy is a an MVP qualifier, and that is not the Washington Nationals player who you would have expected to <laughs> be in the conversation for that award. No, in, in any way, shape, or form. Uh, yeah, nor Wilson Ramos. Uh, yeah, pretty pretty impressive stuff. Uh, 
Speaking of guys who won that award last year, do we want to talk about him at all? Uh, it's I don't I, I don't know I need I need to watch him like very closely over the next week and I may might want to talk about him next week but okay I want to watch him a little closer because something's off yeah uh, he I was watching a little bit today uh, of the game this afternoon and he I've never seen him even when he was trying to figure it out as a young player. I've never seen him look that uncomfortable at the plate, ever. Yeah, he does. He, every swing, everything he's doing looks uncomfortable. And I don't know if it's not, if he's not seeing the ball. I don't know if his mechanics are off. I don't know. And so I don't know. Somebody smarter should tell me. But yeah, I want to look a little bit closer over the next week. Um, just what's going on. Yeah, it's not good. It's not good. Unfortunately. Uh... So we we did tease it a little bit about Trey Turner, and I feel like we should probably talk about it a little bit as a okay. non, as as a non joke. <laughs> because yeah, looked at looked at his uh, stats today, or look at his uh, his box from today. Oh man, yeah. the other day. Yeah, he, and I think more of those types of days are coming for Trey Turner. I well, here's the deal. Here's Trey Turner. This has been his entire professional baseball career. Goes to a new level, struggles for three weeks. Then hits to 320. Yep. That's it. Yep. That's what he does every single time. Yep. And he had uh, a little bit of a cup of coffee earlier in the year. Right. Not anything significant. And not, any, and not with any expectation that he's going to play regularly. Right. So came up. He's been up mm, how, how long now? Not that long? Yeah, I don't remember when he got called up, to be honest with you, off the top of my head. A yeah, couple weeks. A uh, couple weeks. And here we are. Uh, he struggled right off, right out of the gate. He had a, a a good first game, and then sat for a bit, and then struggled, 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 struggled. And then here we are. In the last few games, he's just been on fire. Yep. It seems like if the ball gets to the outfield, it's a double. Yeah. And if it gets past an outfielder, it's at least a triple. Yeah. And and if it's slowly hit on the infield. Might be a single. Absolutely. <laughs> like, and that's the thing that he doesn't need to have the pop that an average player has. His speed is his game changer. That is what changes the game for Trey Turner. And you see it with regularity at this point. Um, I knew he was fast. Yeah. I heard from everybody he was fast. When you watch him play, you go, oh my God, he is so fast. <laughs> it's it's scary how it's, fast that little boy runs. I, and he is like Entezaki Nelson mm-hmm. fast. Thank you. Well done. Didn't even have to talk about it earlier. Um, I, you know, Billy Hamilton is the fastest guy in baseball. I think that's definitely true. I think Trey Turner is closer to that than I thought. Yeah. And that's saying something because Billy Hamilton's real fast. And I think uh, Trey Turner playing center field is with the way that Ben Revere is playing is the only thing that makes sense at this point. I mean, Trey Turner is, he has the speed to make up for it. Yes. He's figuring it out. Yes. He's going to make some terrible mistakes in center field. Center field is a very hard position, but he also in his first game in center field, I believe in his second inning in center field, he ran 113 feet to catch a ball at the wall. Yeah. Which was the second largest and uh, largest? I don't know if that's the right word. Uh, second 
most ground covered yes. of any uh, Nationals outfielder to make a play this year after a Ben Revere one. Yeah. In his second inning at center field. That's what speed will do. Yeah. That's why he's You can there. make up a lot of ground with speed. And it was a 97, 98% route efficiency. Yeah. So he's got the baseball IQ. Yeah. And he's got that. He's got the wheels. He's got the stick. Yeah. It's it's, it's he, exciting. The way he runs the bases. And it's not that just that he's fast. It's he runs the bases very well. Yes. Oh, that's great. Oh, I'm so glad you brought that up. Um, like I just said, very high baseball IQ. You can tell the way that he thinks about baseball is at a very high level. He's thinking one play ahead. He's thinking, okay, I'm in center field. If the ball goes to my right, uh, I need to make sure I check and make sure the runner uh, doesn't go to third. If he does, blah, 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 you know, vice versa. That's how his brain's working. His brain's working. Uh, if the ball goes here, I'm doing this with it. He knows what's going on. Yep. It is the antithesis of Michael A. Taylor. Yes. No doubt. Michael A. Taylor has a, at best, 40 grade baseball IQ. Yeah, right. He made some of the most boneheaded decisions in the few games before he was sent down. On the base paths, throwing the ball, uh, throwing behind runners, just, just poor decision making. And it's not his fault. He might not have been taught. He might, I don't know if he didn't listen, but he just doesn't have that extra level yet. And yeah. that's why he didn't take the job and run with it because he makes poor decisions on the base paths. He makes poor decisions in the outfield with, he's got the tools. He just doesn't have the brain yet. Right. No. Yeah. I, I completely agree. But Trey Turner has it already. He has it already in the center field. Yeah. You can tell for sure. And, and, you and can, on the you base can, paths and everywhere else. And you can tell that already. Yep. No, no doubt about it. No doubt about it. It's it's a lot of fun to watch him play. Um, I want anything else on Turner. Uh, I'm really excited to see what he does, but this is this is him, his mo. And at the top of the order, it's it's great to see him setting the table. And I really don't think he's going to be leaving the position that he is currently in, both in the lineup and on the field. He's going to be leading off. I don't think there's any question about it. He's the leadoff guy. From here on. I think he's your center fielder. And I think he should be your center fielder. I don't think that doesn't mean that Revere's not going to play. Right. But I think uh, Turner's going to get more starts there than than not. Uh, yeah. But, I think he's going to be getting the lion's share of center field time. And I think it is deserved. And he provides something that Ben Revere hasn't been able to. Yeah. I, I completely agree. And Revere, Revere, yes, he was injured early. He's had plenty of time. It's not happening. Yep. Nope. And I, not saying it's not going to happen, but it's not happening right now, and he's had months. So Man, how rough did that trade work out for both teams? Yeah, not good. Not good for anybody, unfortunately. Uh, but in terms of outfield help, Barry Sverluga is reporting that a person with knowledge of the Nationals have inquired on Jose Bautista. Uh, <laughs> what? Yeah, that's exactly the reaction that I was hoping for from you. Yes, Verluga just tweeted it. This is what, he says, quote, okay, this one seems crazy, and this one is crazy and seems unlikely, but person with knowledge says Nats have inquired about Toronto outfielder Jose Bautista. He, <laughs> he is 10-5. He is so, uh, and as predicted, Frank is freaking out. Um, any, <laughs> any initial thoughts on that? 
I think the whatever sound just came out of my mouth is I think my that thought. pretty pretty well calls it out. I was really hoping that was going to be your reaction. You have no <laughs> idea. Uh, yeah, that would be. I would. I don't know how that would work, but oh I my would, god, uh, I wouldn't be uh, mad at it. Bad flip. Yeah, I know the bad flip. The attitude. He's also good at baseball. Uh, in all honesty, I don't think it would cost that much. Uh, no. So it would be a very, very intriguing situation. Probably put him in right, Harper in center, I guess. Oh, man. I mean, I think that's the only way it works. <laughs> but that would be crazy. But as Sperluga said, to give it a little bit of, uh, a little bit of qualification. It, it Cold water. Seems crazy and unlikely. I mean, it, I cannot imagine a way that would happen. But, yeah, who knows? No idea. No idea. It's, I, I'm going to think about that one, though. Um, Ooh, I'm going to think about that in my private alone time. Yeah, I'm going to think about that in the shower. Uh, J- Jonathan Natsvan9 tweets, and I wanted to mention it because uh, he sent us the, uh, the breakdown on Harper's numbers uh, since we were talking about it earlier. Through April 26th, Bryce Harper's slash was 328, 430, 844 with nine home runs and nine strikeouts. Since then, which has been a lot of time, uh, so yeah, May, June, July, three months almost to the day, Harper's slash line 223, 374, 371. Yes, he's slugging lower than he's getting on base with 11 home runs and 58 58 strikeouts. Uh, He's having an incredibly bad time. Uh, So thanks for sending those splits, Jonathan. Appreciate it. yeah, anything else before we start with questions and questions of the week? Don't think so. Do you have questions of the week easily available? Because I haven't looked at any actual questions yet. It's I would absolutely get them up. I am excited about the question of the week. We had It was a good fun- question of the week. This was a great idea. We had phenomenal responses on our question of the week, which was, who was the first jersey slash jersey? Jersey? that you owned yeah so that was a good one uh why don't we knock it off uh start with you joe uh so the first jersey that i ever owned was a block letter white washington nationals ryan zimmerman jersey that is beautiful that is the first jersey and i it's it is still the only jersey with a player name on it that i own as a matter of fact wow i don't own another jersey with a player name on it any jerseys uh two i've got a uh a jersey a Max Scherzer jersey, nice. uh, and a uh, Steven Strasburg jersey. Nice. So that is my full name on it baseball wow. collection. I, I've got nothing else. That's amazing. Yeah, what about yours? I, I know you've got one really good jersey, but what about the rest? Let's see, I have many really good jerseys. I know you uh, do, but there's one that I'm thinking of, and you know who it is. Termel Sledge. Yeah. Hell yeah. I've got a Chief Cordero one that I like. Nice. Uh, I would say... I, I want to say my first actual jersey was a Ryan Zimmerman, uh, but I also want to say that it was a Ken Griffey Jr. back when I lived in Seattle. Not, yeah, maybe. But, but the problem is jerseys and jerseys weren't readily available, and they weren't really affordable. Totally different. Uh, like the, the, rep, the, the cheaper replicas did not exist, and no. the expensive ones were expensive, and that was certainly out of my family's price range. Absolutely. Same here. Yeah. Uh, I seem to recall something... Uh, having something I know I had a really fresh to death, 
uh, Nike uh, did a campaign, and I want to say it was 1992 uh, for Ken Griffey Jr., and it was, uh, I think it was Junior for President, something like that. Nice. And it was Griffey in 92, and it was like a campaign shirt, and they didn't have them in kid sizes, so I had like an adult small that I literally was like a dress. Ah, nice. And I loved that shirt, and I had it for years and years and years and years and years until I almost fit into it, and then it like got torn to shreds or something. <laughs> um, so anyway, that's a really cool one. I like that. But I want to say my first actual jersey was uh, Ryan Zimmerman. My first jersey, I think, was a Chad Cordero. Nice. Oh, no, it was the turnout sledge. I was going to say, it has to be sledge. It was sledge. Yeah, but because he was really only there that one year. <laughs> right. So... Yeah, either way, those are two really the I mean the the chief one is great obviously, but the Tremedge, the Tremel sledge, the Tremedge, I combine Tremedge. Those, I tre- like it. T- combine a, those words. It's a nice portmanteau. Yeah. Oh god. Dude, we're on it tonight. So good. One and two in one show. Um Yeah, that that one is like the I hate myself favorite. I just it's so good. Yeah. So good. So let's talk about what the what everybody else said because there were many good ones. We got so a lot of nationals and a lot of really great throwbacks from from around here and really all over the country. Really great. Let's see. We're just gonna go rapid fire. Uh, Yeah, let's do it quick. Johan, NLB Nats, Cal Ripken Jr., uh, Allen, uh, Eddie Murray, very cool. Uh, The Beard, Cal Ripken Jr., a lot of Cal Ripkins, Logan Smith, Hatman fifteen. Which is awesome. It almost sounds like Cutman. Nice. Big fan. Oh, nice. um, oh, Tony Gwynn. Nice. That's a good one. That's a great one. Yeah, that's definitely a good one. Um, Cubs 34, which I want to say was Ryan Sandberg from Randy Skolgogland. Nice. Um, let's see. Uh, Dan Guzman was a Noma. Yeah, that's a, that's a crazy one. Noma Gassiapara. So that's a cool one. Uh, first Nats was a Christian... Guzman, not Guzman. Nice. But it, Let's it, see. it plays out. Uh, North Carolinats, Cal motherfucking Ripken. <laughs> nice. Uh, and there's your explicit tag. Uh, Aaron Bush, uh, I don't remember seeing you on here. Thanks for joining us and responding. Lillian Leather on uh, Twitter. Bryce Harper, late to the party. Nice. Hashtag, like it. Nothing wrong with that. Um, let's see. Vandy Girl, Zimmerman, uh, or Mike Schmidt. Uh, Julie Hoops, (laughs) Danny Espinoza, very cool, very cool. Lauren, the animal, a Doc Gooden with a photo attached. Super cute. Which was awesome. Yes. Uh, Jude Max, uh, special ops member, Chipper Jones, Kit Hughes, Mike Piazza, uh, Molly Lynn, uh, Scherzer Scherzy. Nice. Always, always a good one. Ann Brockett, Ryan Zimmerman, Navy Nats fan, Brooks Robinson. That's a really good one. That's I a love great that one. one. I saw that a one little coming. bit more old school. I yeah, like it. I like it too. Uh, Stephen Yates is in the Joe Drugan class of one Ryan Zimmerman, and that's it. Yes, I feel you, Stephen. I feel you. Uh, our newest special ops member, Jerry Reese, with a John Wetland Nats. Jersey. Yeah, that was a great one. And a Chen Ming Wong jersey. Yeah, those were two really good answers. I saw those. A plus. I was like, oh, Craig's going to love these. The John, and, Wet- the John Wetland Nats jersey is particularly great. Yeah, that's fresh to death. Yeah, that's good. 
uh, M. Har- Harvey, uh, Michael Morse. Yeah, that's. I was surprised there weren't more of those, to be totally honest. Yeah. Uh, Patty M., George Brett. Yeah. Uh, 1980. That's a cool one. Very cool. Very, very cool. Uh, at Oshi underscore underscore, old Ryan Zimmerman. Uh, fake, I believe it's Danny Espinosa, Vinny Castilla. Nice. Love that. Love that very, very much. Let's see. Uh, Lori L., uh, a Worth jersey, so that's cool. The Dan, Danny Espinoza, Jennifer Pettit or Petite, I'm not sure. A Rendon, late to the party also, but such a good choice. And I want to say that's about it. I think we just got a late one in uh, from uh, Ryan Sullivan. Uh, Mike Mucina, Black Orioles jersey. Nice. That was given away after Angelos destroyed the franchise. Wow. Yep. Is that it? That is that is all we got. We got a lot. Is that, that it? That, well, I just wanted to make sure that we weren't that I wasn't stepping on you because I did that earlier. Yeah. But no, that was I, that was a lot of responses. Thank you. That was a lot of great and responses. And a lot of really, Thank really you. good ones too. Yeah. Uh yeah, we we consider ourselves pretty big baseball people, you know, in general. But both of us kind of have uh have newer names. Nothing wrong with having a newer name as a as your first jersey. Nothing wrong with that at all. So now is your time to ask us some questions, and so uh, we'll go through those. I did not have a chance to uh, sort them ahead of time, so I'm going to do my best to make sure I get to everybody. And the first one is from Dan Guzman, uh, who asks, uh, what do you think is the toughest on paper remaining part of the the Nats schedule? He says, uh, since we're heading into, uh, into it with the 11 of the next 14 against the Indians and the Giants, what is our take? I'd say that was definitely the toughest. Yeah, I think that is, that is a very, very tough stint coming up uh, with the with the road schedule. Uh, you're you're talking Cleveland, San Francisco for four, Arizona, San Francisco back at home for three, and then uh, Arizona again. Yeah, correct me if I'm wrong. Wait, I'm sorry, that's not right. That's not right. And I'm sorry. Oh, you know that is right. Anyway, continue. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I want to say the Giants actually have the best record in baseball. Uh, they did at last look, but I look very infrequently, so I will double check real quick. Yeah, well, I'll talk while you do that. Yeah. Um, but the Giants just playing in San Francisco, the Nationals have this year struggled mightily when they head, I guess you would say, west of Central Time Zone. Yeah. Had that disastrous road trip uh, earlier, uh, about a month ago, probably. Right. If that and the so, cu- the Cubs have the best record in baseball again, ah, Cubs the, have the Nationals and the Giants are are tied for the third best record in baseball. Ah, with with number two being the Baltimore Orioles. Oh, interesting. Indeed, they're just always there, just hanging around. I know, I know. Um, but yeah, the Giants going out there. It's a late start uh, for anyone out there. Uh, Ten o'clock starts the next two nights. Not going to be pleasant. Uh, I know I will be tuning in late <laughs> yeah. to tomorrow's uh, opening game of the series and road trip. But it's going to be tough. I think it's a very tough uh, swing coming up. The Giants are a great team. The Indians are a team that are fighting really hard. Uh, and have been playing very well all year, really. Mm-hmm. Glad we're going to get to see the Indians at home because yeah. the Nationals played them well. I mean, it was a it was a good close series, they, and they very well could have won those both of those games. Very well. either team could have won either one. Yep. So, uh, yeah, I would I would agree. I haven't really looked. Obviously, 
the divisional matchups, the Marlins are staying close, the Mets are staying close. So obviously those are a big deal, but you know, it's a little bit different. Very nice, very nice. Uh, Beard asks, who are we trading for and who are we giving up? We kind of talked about who we would trade for. Did you want to make any predictions on who the Nationals would give up? Or you, we kind of, you talked about, you know, kind of not none of the big four. Did you want to make any predictions? or? Uh, I, 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 I don't. Yeah, it's, it's really hard. I think it's, the Nationals yeah. will, I think in my scenario where they go for, for Davis, Robertson, or Miller, they will give up one of the quote-unquote top four in the organization right now. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I'm not going to say more than that though. I don't, it's it's too hard to predict. I think they will have to, if they make that move, they will have to give up one of the big prospects to do it. Um, yeah. Uh, Fang asks outside of Davis and Miller, who else should be on the radar for, for bullpen help? If uh, we think it's needed, we, as we said earlier, we obviously do think it is. Um, and, Outside of Robertson, do you have any names to add to that list? I do not. Yeah, Mark Melanson is the only one that's been going around a little bit, um, being traded for Pittsburgh. I, I saw that earlier today. You know, whether or not anything happens with that, who knows. Uh, but it's a possibility. Um, Real quick, yep. uh, John Fang got in on the question of the week, and he said the first was the... First clubhouse social with Fang on the back. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I saw that. I forgot about that. Sorry, Fang. Very good. Uh, Max Jensen asks, should Trey be full-time center fielder and leadoff hitter or are the Nationals willing to trade a Lopez or a Robles? We did hit on really both of these. We both think that he should be the full-time center fielder and leadoff hitter at this point. Correct. I think if the deal's right, they should trade him too. The, yeah, Turner, but I, I agree. I agree. Second part, yeah. Really, if it's like one of those guys for a guy like... Miller or Davis, you know, that's maybe, maybe one of those guys and an org guy or some, you know, something along those lines, but certainly I don't think both of them for either of those guys, uh, personally, uh, trying to scroll up here to see, uh, Beard wants to know if Trey will hit an inside the park home run this season. Yes. I'm going to say if anybody on the team would, it would be Trey Turner, but I don't think that will happen. I think it will. Yeah, uh, he it's it's possible. And Are you it, ready? And it could very well happen this series in San Francisco. I was, damn it, Joe! Sorry, I had to had to do it because I knew that's what you were going to say. I mean that that right center field is crazy. Yep. So if if he's going to do it, if he could hit that gap, yeah, he could he could run all day. Could, uh, yeah, I think Arizona is also a good contender. Good call. Big park, very big yep. park. Big park. Um, let's see. Do they go to Houston? <laughs> uh, I don't think so. No. I mean, Marlins Park also. Cabbage. Oh, yeah, that's it. Although they brought that center field in like 20-something feet. But. That's true. I mean, there are some good parks for him to give it a go. Yeah, he's, he's got some shots. You, you made a good call. I'm going to stick with Damn it. it. It's no, I was just call. about to say, hot take, he does it in the next couple of games. I, I knew you were. That's why games. I said it. Damn it, Joe. I, that's why I said it. Had to do it. Had to do it. Uh, trying to find... Some more. Uh, Johan wants to know, uh, what do we think about Coda Glover, and should he still be up? Um, I don't think Coda Glugger, Glugger. Coda Glugger. I don't think Coda Glugger is the savior. I think he's going to be a, a decent bullpen piece, but I really don't think he's going to be the stud everyone thinks he is. I think he's got a great demeanor, a great temperament. 
He has got that bulldog mentality, and I think that's great. But I really, I don't think he, at the end of the day, he's going to be a eighth inning or ninth inning guy. I just don't. Yeah, I think he's going to be a late inning guy. Um, he, I think the demeanor helps. I think that he, um, the stuff is obviously there. And when you could have that kind of stuff in a major league debut that's that disgusting that you can command is pretty impressive. And I think that the, like, like I said, the demeanor is there. Um, I, I do think he should have stayed up if for no other reason, even if he doesn't pan out, if for no other reason, then he's hot now and the bullpen is not. So I do think he should have stayed up and they should have found another way to keep him there, whether that's sending uh, Rivero down for a spell or Trinan down for a spell or whatever the case may be. Uh, I thought he should have stayed up. I I really, really thought he should have stayed up, especially considering the issues and the fact that he's been as hot as he has been. Who do you send down? Like I said, either either Rivero or Trinan. I think either yeah. one. Just, just, I, just yeah. for a short stint, I don't think permanently by any stretch. I think both of those guys are important. But I think you ha- when you have a guy that is that hot and your bullpen is struggling that much, you have to try to see what you can get from this guy, even if he doesn't pan out to something. That's... You know, that's my only my only All thing right. about it. Um, so I think that's it. I think that's all the questions we have. Uh, yeah. Ryan wants to know uh, what we're drinking, which we already talked about at the top yeah, of the show. Right? Ryan, Ryan pays way to, attention. Way to be a late joiner. Uh, and we blame everybody for this insane heat this summer. Yes, everybody. Everybody's fault. Uh, is that it? You get anything else? No. All right. Uh, so... It was good to be back. It is. Good to be back. I missed I missed doing the show last week. Uh, yeah, we'll be back with a new episode of the podcast next week. But until then, thank you for tuning to, into episode uh, 129 of Nat's Talk on the Go. And we'll catch you, all of you guys next time. Thanks for listening to Nat's Talk on the Go. For more information, check us out at natstalkonthego.com. To become a supporting member of the podcast, click on the special ops link at the top of the page or head right to natstalkonthego.com slash special ops. You can contact the guys at natstalkonthego on Twitter or send them an email at podcast at natstalkonthego.com. If you like what you heard, take a minute to review the podcast on iTunes and help us spread the word. See you next time. Let's go Nats! Thank you.